I'm Patty Blunderman, and welcome to the ADHD Friendly Podcast. I'm a professional certified ADHD coach with over 10 years experience in working with people who are impacted by ADHD. I have it. Several of my kids have it. It is my passion to research and find ADHD-friendly strategies, tools, and resources that make my life easier and those of my loved ones and help us to thrive with ADHD. And I bring them here and share them with you in the hopes they do the same in your life. I am doing this outside today because it is a beautiful, beautiful fall day. And I have been in my office all day. So I'm going to try this outside and see how the sound goes. So um, today I'm going to be sharing a celebration. And it, it's a celebration about a tree. So it feels appropriate that we're outside. And then I'm going to share a ADHD friendly tip on holiday tasks and how to do them with a little bit more pep in your step, a little easier to get them checked off. Then my topic for today is holiday budgets. And then I'm going to talk a bit also about tip fatigue, something that I'm calling it that because that's how it feels to me. And I'm just going to share some information I found around tipping. And then I'm going to um, just highlight what's coming up next week at the end of this podcast so you know what to look for next time. So let's start. Let's jump in, as you know, I like to with a celebration. And my celebration is I haven't killed my trees. <laughs> so that's one of my reasons I'm out here. So um, I tend to kill my plants. I don't intend to. I have really, really high aspirations and goals for thriving, beautiful plants, I tend to uh, really struggle to remember to water them or I water them too much, or um, I don't know what I do, but I almost always kill plants in my house. And last fall we had three um, evergreens put in to replace some trees that um, were not doing well. And they were pretty expensive. And um, I was really worried about my ability to keep up with the watering schedule to make sure that they got consistent water. And I'm happy to share some pictures of them because you can't actually see them in the background from where I am sitting. But the really tall one behind me over here um, is the kind of tree I planted. So I'll show you like they're coming up. They're only about seven feet tall at this point. Um, that's one of them, that's the other. But look how green they are. I'm so excited. Um, so it's a definite celebration. I tracked it on my calendar. I'd note, you know, when it rained and if it didn't rain, I knew I had to go out there and water it. So I just made it visible and concrete and external so I could keep up with it with more ease and they are thriving. So that's my celebration. And now I'm going to move into an ADHD friendly tip. And I'm going back to uh, episode that I talked about ICNUP menus, I-C-N-U-P. And ICNUP menus were something that I shared um, as a way to inject some interest or um, that's the I. C is challenge or competition. Uh, the U is for urgency. The N is for new or novel. And the P is for sometimes passion. And this is from Dr. William Dotson inspired this tool. And it is one of my absolute favorite tools. I'm going to include a link to the PDF in this podcast, but I'm bringing it back uh, for this episode as a tip. When you think about doing holiday tasks and getting them checked off with more ease, 
using that acronym ICNUP can really get in there and get started a little bit more easily. So I'm just going to show a visual. If you're listening to this uh, podcast, I invite you to check out my YouTube channel, ADHD Friendly Podcast. And so this is what the ICNAP tool looks like that you'll see in the PDF that you can download if you'd like to try it yourself. And I just have a section for each category. Interest is the largest because everything is tied to interest. Remember, ADHD brains are wired for interest. So that's everything that we do is going to be creating interest in some way. So I then just have some different examples. So to create some interest when I'm cleaning, I might put on some music. I even had a client that had a great plan. I just loved where she had a whole playlist of um, like the sound of music. And so she had a plan for each song, which room or which task she'd be doing within that room. So she knew when the song ended, she could move on wherever she was. It was more than nothing. And she would just move on to the next thing on her list for the next song on the playlist. Um, I also have body doubling for decorating. So if like getting all of like, let's say like for me, like decorating for Christmas, it's always easier for somebody else. They don't even have to be helping me, but if they're just sitting in a room and talking to me, it makes it easier for me to do the decoration. So looking for a good body double can help get things checked off. Cooking, I just have outsource, get it off my list. But if I can't outsource, maybe I'm going to, again, body double, like have somebody else with me or maybe find some novelty, something sparkly, like a new recipe. Some other options are like to plan a party. So maybe a wrapping, cooking, or a decorating party. So it's like making it a more festive feel instead of like that kind of low feeling about approaching a chore. And one of my favorite things is gamify it. So that creates interest automatically because you're building something in that's creating fun and play. Examples for challenge are like beat the timer for cleaning. So maybe I'm setting a timer for five minutes and I'm seeing how far I can get into, you know, cleaning off the counters. Um, maybe challenging myself to stay within a budget is one way to think about a challenge or maybe a challenge could be to be creative, come at something from a different angle. And we do that a lot in my family with decorating. So thinking about um, how to take things. I took my, um, I have a Darth Vader um, Halloween decoration. He holds all of our candy in his, in his arms. And, and instead of putting away one year, I just decided to put a little Santa hat on him and put Christmas candy in him and said, and now it's just a, a regular thing that, that I do. And it's just, you know, kind of creating that fun. So now when I get out the Darth Vader, it's always a little bit more sparkly because I remember how I use him for longer than just for Halloween. And then some novelty examples for the N in ICNAP might be finding a new approach um, to something like decorating, like I just shared, um, or maybe a new tool or a new, um, like when I think about cooking, if I have a new recipe or a new tool, like a turkey baster to make the turkey part more interesting, that always helps. Um, or maybe for cleaning, I like to take before and after pictures because they just help me to really see, even if I didn't get everything done on my list, I can still see the progress if I take it before and after picture. Um, and then for urgency, around some of these tasks, it might be set a deadline and then I share it. So like I'm, I plan on being done with the, the decorations by Sunday, or I plan on being done with the floors by before lunch, or maybe an accountability partner. So maybe I'll tell them when I'm going to do something. And then I um, send evidence. I'm like, I'm going to be done with the bathroom. And I'm going to send you a picture of it when I'm done. So just, you know, some different examples there. And then when you think about the P for passion, we can't always bring passion into a chore or a task, but when we can, it automatically ups the energy. So some examples could be creativity, if that's something that's a strength for you. Um, or for me, love of learning. So if I can learn how to do something in a better way or learn something about the benefit of something I'm doing, like cleaning something a certain way, 
it just makes the energy fire up and makes it easier for me to get it done. So that's my ADHD friendly tip. Use an ICNUP, I-C-N-U-P menu to get those holiday tasks from to do to done. All right, into the main topic for today. Holiday, 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 holiday budgeting. Um, so I'm going to talk about, you know, how inflation is really creating a lot more urgency to use the B word, which is budget. Budget is a word that I know is often something that those of us with ADHD just really resist. We don't like it. It feels very restrictive and confining. So thinking about what would you do to make it a little bit more friendly? Now, I talked about this topic in episode five way back when I just started my podcast, and I'm just going to highlight a couple of uh, new things for this this year. So the first is um, when I started out my plan for this year, I did the obvious. I went back and I looked at my list from last year, and I just started out with, okay, is there anybody I don't need to shop for this year or any obvious places that I can kind of eliminate, or are there things I need to add? Is there somebody else that I would put on my list this year that wasn't on my list last year? So I just kind of look for who am I thinking um, or where am I thinking I'm going to need to do something with my budget around the holidays. And then I list everything, right? So I really try to think about not just who am I buying gifts for, but also what supplies do I need? Do I have enough gift wrap? Do I need new tags? Do I need bows? Do I, um, if I, I, I do a holiday newsletter every year. So having the picture taken and the cost for having the picture cards made and then the postage for, because I still mail out physical cards, the postage for doing that. All of those things, the, the Christmas tree, we buy a fresh tree every year. So all of those things need to be included in my holiday budget. And I have to say, when I pulled up my list, all the gifts were on there, all the people I bought for, but all of those extra things, the food and the decorations and you know the things, the supplies that I need to buy, they were not. So they have been added to my list for this year. So I can really get a good sense of what's the whole cost and is it all fitting within my budget? And then the other thing that I have a, a column for in my spreadsheet, because, you know, I love a spreadsheet. And so all of this is in an Excel spreadsheet that I print out so I can see it. Remember, external, concrete, invisible. And I use that. I have a column to track online orders. Because what I learned last year is if I ordered something, I would lose the thread of, has that arrived? Um, you know, did it? come in? Do I need to return anything? So just to keep up with that, when it's really difficult, the more you order, at least I found, the more I order online, the less I'm able to manage and keep up with it. So just writing it in my spreadsheet. So I remember I ordered it and the date I ordered it. So I know when to look for it. And if it hasn't showed up, how I can go about making sure I either get a refund or another one sent or whatever needs to happen. So when I looked at my budget for this year, I remembered from, and this is what I shared in my podcast last year on this, that I was way over budget, like four times more than I anticipated I was going to spend. And a lot of that was due to things being so out of sight, out of mind. And this has kind of creeped up over the years with more online spending and buying with credit cards. So having a system to keep plugging in that information really easily is key. And then my family has agreed 
for the first time this year because our youngest is a senior in high school. So I was like, I don't really think we need to buy, you know, I always did Santa gifts where they, each kid would get three gifts. And so I proposed to my family this year that um, we do a secret Santa instead. And that would include um, both, you know, my, my husband and I, so I'm like, mom and dad are going to do it and all four kids. And we just put all of our names into a hat and we drew names and you shop for that one person. And so we put a hundred hour limit on it. And, and it just brought my budget way down. If I'm only buying for one person for a hundred dollars, instead of having to buy for five people. And I'm just really curious how that plays out this year, but everybody was on board and, and it really felt like my kids particularly thought it was a relief because they weren't going to have to shop for, you know, their mom and their dad and their siblings are just shopping for the one person on their list. And the one thing that I'm still going to do is I included in my budget, I'm still going to fill their stockings. So I'm still doing stockings. I'm still doing the ornaments and Christmas PJs, but I'm only shopping for one, the one person that I picked in secret Santa. And that really is going to, I just know going to make a huge difference in my budget. So I basically set a goal for myself to half how much I spent last year. Cause I'm, I'm just a trying, I don't, I really am moving away from the more um, commercial side of the holiday and trying to focus more on making things. Like I'm knitting socks for a couple of family members and a hat for a family member. So just like making things more than buying things um, and trying to stay within that budget. And I'm doing that with my concrete external visual tools. So keep it in sight so you can keep up with it and then check them off as you get them done. All right. Now into my second topic, and I'm calling this tip fatigue. So this topic came up about two or three weeks ago. I went with my daughter um, to like an outside event and there were food trucks and we went up to um, a food truck that had cheese curds and we just love cheese curds. So we each got a, a little small, you know, little like side of cheese curds and we split one drink. Um, because they were a little expensive. So it was $27 for two little, think of it like two sides of French fries and one drink. And they handed me a cup that I filled from like a little like dispenser and you know, handed my daughter the two little things of cheese curds, turned the screen for me to pay. And it had the tip um, options on there, 20%, 25%, 30%, or no tip. And I immediately felt fatigued. I've never encountered one of those um, screens at a food truck before. And I was immediately thrown because I didn't know exactly what I was tipping for. And I, of course, was uncomfortable because there were people in line behind me. And it was just immediately fatiguing. And um, it just really brought to light how much I've noticed that tipping requests seem to be all over the place these days. And it feels really uncomfortable for me because I've been working in restaurants since I started working in a restaurant when I was in 10th grade, the very beginning of 10th grade. And I waited tables all throughout college. And I believe strongly in tipping. And I tip well, I always have, because I always, I find that people that worked in restaurants always tip well, because you know how much those servers are depending on tips to be able to make enough money um, and to compensate because they're not getting paid even minimum wage. So when I think about tipping at the counter service where they're handing me the food that they're getting paid to hand me, not serving me, it just, you know, creates like this pause and, and the discomfort that I felt was really, it kind of stuck with me the rest of the day. 
And so I decided to do a little research and, and talk about that here, because I know part of it is also the, the overwhelm that I felt because of all of the executive functions that were being bombarded in that moment of what's the amount that you tip, do I tip 20% for counter service? Like almost the equivalent of what you might tip for somebody that brought me the food and refilled my drink and took away my dishes. And, and then also like, you know, does it fit within my budget? And all of the, like just immediate, that, that emotional dysregulation. Um, so I thought, I know I can't be alone in this challenge. So I wanted to just kind of research it a bit and bring it here. So this is what I'm doing. Cause I'm, I'm a, really want to share like one of the articles that I found that I found really, really helpful was a Newsweek article called tipping culture is out of control. And in it, I read um, where they said tips are for services or going above and beyond. And that really hit home with me because not tipping feels bad. Um, but here's the thing. So does tipping, if I'm not even clear what I'm tipping for, and I'm tipping because I feel uncomfortable because I don't want to say no, or I don't want to be seen as not appreciative. Gratitude's one of my top character traits. So that feels very out of integrity for me. So it it feels bad not to, and it also feels kind of bad to tip because I don't really know what I'm tipping for, except feeling like I'm a bit guilty if I don't. It feels really bad. So this is an example. I'm sure everybody has seen this, but I just printed it out. If you're listening to this again, YouTube, if you want to see the pictures I'm holding up, but it's just a picture of like the screen where it has the amount and this is add a tip. And it has on this one, 15, 20, 25. I don't know about you guys, but I've noticed lately they've been minimum of 20 and I've even seen them start at 25%. Um, or you can choose custom tip amount or no tip. And of course, no tip is the final option at the very bottom. So I found an article that was written October 7th, 2022. So very recently on Vox, Vox.com, V-O-X.com. And it's called, everyone wants a tip now. Do you have to give them one? I loved this article because it was really written very clearly and easy to understand. Um, and they explained how the square, which is the, the predominant um, maker of these systems for the checkout, um, the square checkout screen. Um, and here's what they said. They say they, quote, forces the customer to opt out of a process that used to be an opt in. And they also said that touch screens use something they call dark patterns. I'm doing hash quotation marks, dark patterns. And the dark patterns emphasize buttons for big tips. They make them bolder or bigger um, font. And they de-emphasize the button for no tip. So they make that smaller or like I just showed you on the very bottom of the page. And it's easy to get flustered in line and hit the wrong button, especially if there's people like in the line behind you waiting for you to tip out, to check out. It can create you know, a lot of that feeling of being flustered. And they are used in more and more locations. They're cropping up everywhere. So I shared my experience with the food truck, but according to this article, they're also at automatic car washes, they're at bakeries. And even um, when buying merch merchandise at like a concert or a sporting event, uh, literally like you, you buy a t-shirt and they flip the, the square device and it asks you to give a tip when they hand you the t-shirt. So they asked etiquette expert Lizzie Post for her thoughts on the, the new um, practice of requesting tips for these types of services. And this is what Lizzie Post said, quote, if it's not a traditional tipping situation, 
and nobody's gone above and beyond to create some kind of amazing experience or been extraordinarily helpful, I'm hitting no tip. Thanks, Lizzie. Well said. So again, when you think about what works for you, I always, you know, I'm kind of like standing back in that awareness of integrity. I don't want to tip because I'm feeling pressured and guilty. I want to tip because I'm feeling the, I'm being pulled into it because, oh my gosh, how could I not tip you? You just served me in a, in a, you know, really nice way, or you went above and beyond, or you, you know, did something that I'm, oh my gosh, you know, how do I, like, I want to be looking for the opportunity to tip you, not feeling like I'm uncomfortable if I don't tip you here, but I don't know what I'm tipping you for. So I just wanted to share that and invite you just to think about what would work for you, but also what's going to stay in your budget as prices are getting higher and higher. I just, you know, I personally feel that, that pressure in a lot of the, the ways that I didn't even feel, you know, a year ago, because the prices for everything are just going up. So just something to keep in mind when you think about how to make sure that the things that you're prioritizing with your money fit within what you can um, afford to spend, especially when it's invisible and you're paying with a credit card. Okay. And then, so when you think about tipping, I wanted to just, again, create some, a couple of tips that can make it a little bit more ADHD friendly. So first set a budget that you can afford. Um, when you think about tipping specifically for the holidays, right? So I talked about all of the different strategies for budgeting for gifts and things for your family members. But when you think about tipping for the holidays, which wasn't even on my list, <laughs> I do tip for the holidays, but it wasn't built into my budget. So that is now a line item on my, on my spreadsheet this year. So I'm actually planning for it instead of wondering where did I spend all of this money? Cause it wasn't something I was tracking. So now I have, um, a, a couple of things I've read a few different articles. And one of the things I found that was just really clear and maybe an approach to consider for yourself is first think about those people who take care of your family. So whether it's babysitters or daycare workers, dog walkers, home health aides, people that take care of your family, if you want to tip them. And then those who take care of your home. So it could be a house cleaner, lawn maintenance provider, mail carriers, um, newspaper delivery, trash recycle, um, recycling collectors, people that, you know, help take care of your home. And then the people that help you look your best. So whether it's like a barber or somebody at the hair salon, nail salon, or maybe a personal trainer or masseuse, um, those people that really, you know, help you feel and look your best, maybe even a personal trainer. Um, and then once you've identified the who then the how much, and this can really vary widely by location. So I'm not going to kind of share the different dollar amounts I found, because I know it, it really is dependent on where you are in the country. Um, but consider a lot of the articles I found said to consider an amount that's the equivalent to the cost of one service. So for like the hair example, the, the equivalent of one haircut or a babysitter, the equivalent of like a typical night out that you would pay your babysitter, um, which I thought was a really nice kind of standard rule of thumb. I have to be honest. And I, I'm kind of like horrified when I read these things. One of the, the best things is how much I learn. It's one of the things I love about doing this podcast because love of learning is one of my, it's my absolute top character trait. And I didn't, I'm, I'm really embarrassed. I'm going to admit it full disclosure. I didn't know I was supposed to tip the, my lawn service. <laughs> and if you watched my last podcast, they came while I was recording my podcast. I don't ever interact with them. So I have to think about how I would 
give them a tip because I'd have to make sure I was available with it. And they talked about, you know, putting it in a nice card and a handwritten note. I never do that because that takes so many steps, a lot of executive function there to think about what would I write and, and, you know, making sure my handwriting's neat because I don't have very neat handwriting. So I'll have to think that through, but it's on my list now. So I have a chance. So it's not going to be that I forget. Okay. And then the other thing that I thought was helpful, if you're not sure how much people tip in your area, um, ask your friends and family, because they're, if they're in your location, they might be able to help, you know, like what they have found people typically tip in your location. Okay. So that's it guys. I shared a celebration just to recap. I shared a celebration that I captured with my trees. Those pictures of my trees are going in my expected patronum journal because I haven't killed them. And I, I can't wait because next year I'm going to have a picture right next to it. And hopefully I can show they're even taller because they're supposed to be fast growing trees. Um, and then I shared an ADHD friendly tip on how to use an ICNUP, I-C-N-U-P menu to check off holiday tasks with more ease. And remember that ICNUP menu, the PDF will be attached to here. So if you want to try it yourself, you can download it and give it a whirl. And then I talked about um, tip fatigue and some tips to avoid it while still tipping when it makes sense and it fits in your budget, as well as holiday budgeting, how to do it, keep it external, concrete, and insight. In next week's episode, I'm going to be sharing some ADHD-friendly Thanksgiving tips, and I'll have an update on my 22 and 2022 list. Until then, tally ho.